0: Praise God. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> what a What a sweet, glorious, awesome God we serve. And uh, I, I am moved. I am um, refilled, reignited, refocused on the fact that the brotherhood of this great United Pentecostal church is, is a good thing. It's a good thing. I like the fact that you can, I uh, need to be careful, I'm talking to men here. I like the fact that you can be among each other and turn your back to each other. You know what I'm talking about. Um, it's a safe place. The body of Christ is a safe place. Living for God is the best thing, not just a thing. It's the only thing. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. I love living for the Lord. I, I know we use a, a statement, a phrase in Pentecost. that's um, not biblical, but in principle, I guess it's okay. We're saved. We stand up to testify. We were saved 29 years ago. Got saved 11 years ago. Saved is past tense. But I'm afraid the connotation of the word saved among us has allowed us a safe feeling. Therefore, we refuse to apply ourselves to the point we should be applying ourselves. And so my first word of caution to great men of God here today is none of us are saved. And if we don't make this a daily, a daily, a daily thing, not a Wednesday and Sunday thing, a daily thing, daily, I want to love the Lord daily. I want to be in his word daily. I want to enter his presence daily. Coming to church is when I get to do it with you. Living for God is what I do 24-7. I just get to live for God with you on moments. Amen. And I want you to know, brother, I love you, and I have the utmost, utmost respect for any man that chooses this lifestyle, any man that makes this decision in 2015. I salute you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. What a brotherhood. I'm not going to hurry past this moment. Look to the guy next to you and understand what a brotherhood. We're in this together. We're in this together. We love the same God, baptized of the same spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Playo, Brother Bradbury, to our district superintendent, to the elders that are here, a great ministry, all of you uh, for allowing me just to Unburden my heart. Um, I love the fellowship. I love the church. I love the body. And it has fallen my lot uh, to be a mouthpiece in this generation. And I had the luxury of looking back on a season of the apostolic church when it was great. That kind of sounded past tense, but uh, I remember growing up where devils were cast out and literal miracles, signs, and wonders took place. That was when I grew up. That's what I cut my teeth on. And now I look at the church and there's something uh, that we've got to get back to. And I don't don't doubt God and I don't think that we're in trouble. I think that God does everything well. One of the misunderstandings is that we know all there is to know about God. Now, he told me just to talk to you. I know you're standing. And there's so much. Um, that I would like to say, time won't permit it, but um, when when we talk of Ruth and Naomi, two of the patriarchs of Scripture, um, it's, it's how they became Ruth and Naomi that is mind-boggling. Uh, that precious woman of God was led out of Bethlehem at a time of famine. Am I right? Ruth, the first chapter. And she was led to Moab, Elimelech. Chilion, Melion, Elimelech was her husband. She followed him into the land of Moab. When they got into Moab, the Bible says that Elimelech died. It was her past. It was her present. It died. And then a few days later, Chilion and Milion died. That was her future. So she followed the leading of God from Bethlehem, Judah, which was a fantastic place to live. But because it was enduring a famine, The famine pushed her out of her circumference, out of her comfort zone, and it led her to Moab. And when she gets to Moab, following the will of God, her husband. Key word, following the will of God, her husband. Her husband dies. The will of God evaporates. Gone. Her children die, and they left her with their wives. And Orpah looked at her and said, Here's a kiss to your cheek. I'm out of here, going back to dad's house. But was it not Ruth that said, I'm going to kiss you, but I'm going to cling to you. Something about you I'm not letting go of. And the Bible says she kissed and cleaved under her. And the statement comes to us, and she said, your God shall be my God. Your people are my people. Where you sleep, I sleep. And the Bible says that she looked at her daughter-in-law and says, please leave me. You have no clue what you're asking. If I married again and raised a son, you wouldn't wait, couldn't wait. It's not worth your time. But that little Moabitess girl sensed something. And she followed her back to Bethlehem. When they walk into Bethlehem, the people start murmuring. They say, look, it's Naomi. And She said, call me not Naomi. Call me bitter. Call me Mara. Because the Lord hath dealt treacherously with me. What a statement. To think that God would be unfair to the church. So I contend that there may be seasons in our life where we think God is dealing treacherously with us, but everything worketh for the good to them that love the Lord. And so, and so um, I'll, make a, I'll make a phenomenal story real short for time's sake. Uh, her mother-in-law looks at her and says, we're hungry, and if we don't figure out how to eat, we're going to die here. And that little Moabitess girl left Mama's house, and the Bible says she happened upon. I don't understand how you ever happen upon the will of God. But that's the word, happened upon the field of Boaz. Anybody know the rest of the story? It's unique. You need to look at it closely. But the end result is, oh, Boaz fell in love with her. And he protected her. And then the Bible says he made sure he dropped handfuls on purpose to sustain her. When you're in the will of God, it may not be an overabundance, but God will always give you what you need when you need it. Always, the church is in safe hands. <clears throat> and then marries her. And um, the last chapter of the book of Ruth is phenomenal. It, it's it's mind-boggling. It's revelatory. Um, The Bible says that when that child was born, that it was born unto Naomi, not unto Ruth. Now Ruth birthed it, but it was the restoration to Naomi. And all of Naomi's friends said, look, the Lord hath given thee a child. What was the name of the child? Obed. And then the Bible says Obed beget and Jesse beget David. The whole purpose of going to Moab was to get the genealogy of Jesus right. That's it. That's it. And sometimes you suffer death, and sometimes you suffer loss, and sometimes you have hard questions that can't be answered. But God needs the genealogy right. And he knows what to put you with and mix you with and allow you to marry to get you into the place where his divine perfect will can be accomplished. Because even under the 10th generation, and then the very first chapter, and I'll, I'll give you what I come to say, the very first chapter in the very first verse, the book of Ruth says, and it was a time of judges. That was the whole book of Ruth, it's time of judges. But in the wisdom of God, he knew Israel was fixing to ask for a king, and he got David ready. The problem with Israel is they acted prematurely and chose Saul. Had they waited on God, even in the time of judges, God was preparing a king. God will always get there quicker. God will always beat you there. God knows our future. God knows exactly how to get the church, where the church needs to be. We just don't need to question the methodology of Jesus. We just need to trust, old-fashioned trust, God does all things well. I think we ought to lift our hands and just thank God that we are safe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are safe in the hands of the Lord. Um. I'm going to be um, reading from the first chapter of the book of Daniel and <coughs> also uh, First Timothy chapter 6. While you're turning there, um, yesterday in the delivery of my spirit, my soul, my heart, um, I want to be very clear that the, um, the spirit of divine order must be protected in the United Pentecostal Church. And we may be uncomfortable with topics and we may be uncomfortable with taking a stand in some arenas, but um, Brother Blackshear said something to me. He said in in a conversation we were having in passing, he said, the things that, that we are, the things that we love, we have to protect in order to pass down so that our children have a hope of these things. I want to be very clear that spirit of separation is not just women in skirts, it's masculinity from femininity. And fathers, if we don't raise our sons to be men, because the typology is, is, is through and through, from Genesis to Revelation, the, the greatest theme is this okay? I, I know you're standing. But the greatest theme of Scripture is typology or types and shadows. The death, burial, and resurrection did not originate in the New Testament, it originated in the Old Testament. It was fulfilled. In the New Testament, all the, all the offerings and all the sacrifice and altars, all of that's carried. Okay, so the typology is true. If, if the world succeeds. See, our president is, is on a mandate from hell, and he doesn't know it. That's why we pray for our dignitaries. But he has a mandate. He is fulfilling a mandate, not just from hell, but he's being allowed by the hand of God because that son of perdition, the Antichrist. Now, the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well. You know why I know that? Because the homosexual agenda is at the forefront on our nation's capital. He, you got quite there. We don't need to get quite there. We need to distinguish, and I'm going to prove to you why it's important. If we don't distinguish this, so the agenda is to dismantle masculinity because there is no greater perversion. Perversion. There is no greater perversion than the gendering or the cross-gendering or the demarcation or the erasing of gender because Adam was made in the image of God. And so God looks at our world today. He says the agenda is to emasculate me, but you can't emasculate me if you don't first emasculate what was created in my image. And when you emasculate the men of our world, you ultimately emasculate Christ. There is no longer the divine authority in the church because we have no father. So, the agenda of the Antichrist is to dismantle our thinking with the agenda that it's pushing down our throats. No, sir, do not be cruel. No, sir, don't, don't draw pictures of people. Don't highlight individuals. Don't highlight lifestyles. But at the same token, the United Pentecostal Church needs to stand firm. God made a man and God made a woman. Brother, I want my wife as feminine as God can get her because I intend on being as masculine as God will allow me to be. And the two work best when one is comfortable in there and the other is comfortable in her. And when they come together, it just works. I can get more plain if you want me to. I don't want to kiss a butchy woman. Man, when I touch her, I want to touch soft. I want to touch I want to touch femininity. I don't know how in the world I get in these moments, but I find myself here quite a bit. Amen. It's in the Word, and, and we're afraid of it. We're afraid of offending people. I think you can say what I just said and say it with such transparency and love that you won't hurt people. But you set into order what God first ordered. Let the church be the church. Fathers, protect your children. Raise girls that are feminine. Raise boys that are masculine. Don't let them cross-pollinate. Because then it comes into the church, and before long, we, we, we worship a God that we can't even identify because he looks nothing like the scriptural. And you can't lay hands on somebody and command something in his name if you don't believe he is a he. He's not universal. He is ultimately the masculinity of his kingdom. And the church is the femininity of his kingdom. Let the church be feminine and let God be God. Thank you for letting me uh, mess with your theology today. Thank you for the invitation, Brother play. I mean that sincerely. Daniel chapter 1. That was the uh, um, graduate-level college degree course here today. <clears throat> and the Lord gave Jehoiakim king of Judah under his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried in the land of Shinar into the house of his God. And he brought the vessels under the treasure of the house of his God. And the king spake unto ashphinez the master of eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom there was no blemish, well-favored, skillful in wisdom, cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had the ability to them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourished them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now unto these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Anybody know who those guys are? The king, Nebuchadnezzar, changed the names of those men into Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, there's a purpose in all of that. If you will go with me, just turn the page over to the seventh chapter. Uh, in the 25th verse, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change the times and laws, and they shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Verse 26, but the judgment shall set, and they shall, they shall take away his, say his, dominion to consume it and to destroy it unto the end and the kingdom and dominion. And the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints, say saints, Saints. of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions. We may have a little church this morning. I want to just talk to you on, on just who we are. The theme of this conference has been Mighty Men, and I have tried to remind us of who we are scripturally. I want to take you just one more level. Father, I love you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these great men. Thank you for the liberty that is in this pulpit to articulate the mind of the spirit. Help us today with understanding. God, set us on fire. Make us aflame. Would you clap your hands while you're being seated and just give the Lord. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I, I will move quickly. It's, it's 10 o'clock. I'll be done by 1. Just see if you're paying attention, um, is there lunch after this? Oh, we're in trouble. 6. Oh, my Lord. I feel like I'm in the Philippines. The, uh, the timing of God is impeccable, the will of God is perfect. Um, again, I don't need to repeat what I've already said, but he don't need any explanation. He's God. He's just going to do whatever he wants to do, how he wants to do it, to whom he wants to do it to. If he has to move Ruth to Boaz or Moab, he'll do it. If he has to allow her to lose in order to gain, he'll do it. Um, Whom he did predestinate then he also called, he called, he he justified, he justified, he glorified, he sanctified. That's what God does. What shall we then say to these things? What shall we then say to these things? What things? The establishing of God's order. What shall we say to these things, that if God be for us? That's where it ultimately ends. When you understand who you are, you understand that if God's for you, nothing can be against you. I'll say it again. You are powerless if you don't know who you are. No matter how great God is, how glorious God is, how authoritative God is, if you don't know who you are, you are powerless. You can't preach lest you preach in his name. You can't baptize right unless you baptize in his name. There is no healing if you don't pray in his name. You cannot tear down principalities and powers if you don't war in the spirit. So the greatest of revelations is, of course, who we are in him. Not weakening the stature of Jesus, not weakening the power of the cross, just a divine understanding that he did all of that for me, for you. We talk much about Calvary and I, I there's there's no greater topic in all the world than Calvary. I, I'm thankful for his birth. I, I I like to celebrate Christmas. I met Santa Claus before church. There he is. I met Santa Claus. He's real, folks. Amen. Um, I told him I had some a beef with him. I talked to him after church about you know this past Christmas, but anyway. Um, um Calvary Calvary's matter Calvary matters. I mean it's it's important to us. Nazareth, the birth of Nazareth, the birth. Uh, in Bethlehem's manger is important, but that's just the beginning of it. That's, that's how you grow in God. That's where you start the journey. It's how you end the journey that matters. It's not he that starts the race. It's he that finishes the race. I want to finish what I started. And so you move from Bethlehem's manger into the life and times of Jesus. The gospel writers are clear with it. This is the life and times of Jesus. He was young. Now he's old. But the ending is what you talk about. He died. He was killed. Eh, he gave. Right? I don't think he was killed. I think he gave. I think there's a big difference. I think he gave. I think he gave his life. You don't take it, I give it. You're not not dominating me. I I am the preeminent one. You can't conquer me. I give you, but you can't take me lest I give you permission. Are you listening to me? Now, if he's my elder brother... It teaches me that the principalities of my city or my house or the things that my family struggles with, it has no right over me. Now, you can give it power. Okay, so we talk about Calvary. How many thanks God for the cross? It's a good question, honest question. I'm thankful for the cross. But I'm also thankful for the whipping post. The cross saved my soul, but the whip healed my body. See, Calvary's not just death, burial, resurrection. Calvary is divine healing. By your stripes, by these stripes, by my stripes, ye are healed. Healing needs to come back to the church. We need to start talking about divine healing in the church because just as sure as your salvation is, so is the healing of your body. I really wish we believed that more. You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. we got all the faith in the world to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost. But we have no faith to lay hands on them and believe that God is going to heal them. Not just say it, but believe it. God's going to heal you. There was a young lady that come to a revival service in the month of October, November last year. Um, preaching in, in, in the state of Arkansas. And they brought her up. I, I didn't know who she was. Didn't know what her problem was. But in the, in the moment the Holy Ghost moved me, I walked down prayed with her, and I said, the thing that is in your mind, the thing that is in your head, God is slowly evaporating it. It's going to leave. You will not see death. And then, man, they started huckabucking. That's a, that's a country term, um, jamming with the lamb, rocking with the flock, whatever you want to call it. They started having some kind of church, and I thought, man, I, uh, man, God, God must have really done something there. So went on with the church, got done, and they brought her up. They said, do you know who this is? I said, I, I, obviously I don't. And they said, well, this is Breezy Shock, Brother Terry Shock's niece. And they they brought her down because there's been so much divine healing in this revival. And she has a brain tumor. And they have given her up for dead. They do not expect her to live. But you said. See, we ought not be afraid when God says something to say it. Because by his stripes we are Well, I pray, but I don't really believe you're wasting your time. So if you believe that when you call an altar call for a sinner, you ought to believe when you call a moment of prayer for the sick, the same faith that saves heals. Amen. And so thank God for salvation. Thank God for healing. But there's another part of Calvary. And this is where we're very uncomfortable, and Mary, I will direct our attention today. There's another part of Calvary. Calvary wasn't just the cross or the whipping post. Calvary had a crown, and the crown was on his mind, his head. And the worst issues that we struggle with today is not sickness in our body or lack of salvation in the altars. It is the unrelenting, heavy, unexplainable pressure in our minds now I intend on taking my mask off today. I hope you will. We must we must we must stop being hypocritical. Acting like everything's fine when all of us if we were honest would come to this altar right now if we felt comfortable enough and confess I have never fought things like I am fighting right now in my mind. But because we know so little about the mind, because we focus so much on salvation and or healing, but the whole package, again, three, the whole package is to the church. And the enemy knew that in the last hour, my greatest, my greatest tactic will not be just to attack their homes, will not just be to attack their bodies. But I've saved my greatest arrow. For the last and final battle, I intend on attacking the mind of the church. I must confess today, my greatest struggle is not with my carnality. My greatest struggle right now is not my sexual appetite. My greatest struggle right now is not Hollywood or worldliness or, or the work. No, 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 no. My greatest struggle is I've got to learn how to corral my mind. Because in the midnight hours, I will get up on the edge of my bed and I will say, what am I feeling? What's going on? I feel so divinely ordered for this last service of this men's conference. What's going on? My wife, my children, my home, my job, my life. Something is not right. Help me right now, Holy Ghost. Something is not right. You'll sit there. You'll keep your mask on. Go, go ahead, brother. Act like you've got all the answers. You can't. Not if you are in the end time hour of the apostolic church. The devil is mad. The devil is having a heyday. But God gave us the answer. Amen. You may be seated. I am five units away from a master's degree in Christian, uh, the art of Christian science, all that jazzy stuff, and, and learning how to counsel. And I salute brethren with degrees here today, Um, learning how to counsel, learning the art of how to set up a table. If you're going to have a meeting, where to put who and how to set and where to set, all that stuff, it's good. You can tell my degree is really going to pay off. It's good. I like it. I've learned a lot. But at the end of the day, you cannot, you cannot mess with spiritual things, with flesh. I'll tell you one thing. Look, look, I'm I'm for it. I like Christian counselors. I I like understanding the mind. I get it. Um, I've I've adopted or or put into my life uh, an element of, of, of trying to understand this because I think it makes me better. I'm reaching for a society that's broke. And I'm trying to understand them the best I can. But at the end of the day, I am powerless. I have no tools. To mess with flesh. I can't. I can't. I'm unprepared. There's not a degree out there they offer for an apostolic man to mess with flesh. Because we war. Not against flesh. Understand it, yes. Articulate it better, yes. Dive into it with both hands. Yes, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, we must never, ever forget we are not masters of the flesh, but we are masters of the spirit. And this is a spiritual fight. I'm just going to tell you. Take a journey with me. Go with me to the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel. Will, will you help me, Rev? I shouldn't have to ask. I know you will. Um, I want to read um, with verse number two, brother. Let me let me let me give you the fine print. I understand that there are many things in a men's conference that could be said. I understand that to talk to you about being a mighty man, um, I, I wrote notes and was going to talk to you about. Scripture terminology, these are the things that the Scripture says, that a man of knowledge, a man moved by faith, a man fired by love, a man like God, a man careful about the worship of God, a man who serves God, not men, a man who prizes Jesus Christ, a man who can weep, a man who can love the word. A man who has the spirit of God residing in him, a man of humility, a man of prayer, a man of sincerity, a heavenly man, a zealous man, a patient man, a thankful man, a man who loves saints, a man who does not indulge himself in sin, a man who is good in his relationships, a man who does spiritual things in a spiritual manner, a man thoroughly trained in religion, a man who walks with God, a man who strives to be an instrument for making others godly. These are the things, these are the terminology of scripture about men. That's a heavy burden. But nevertheless, it's a fact that it depicts what a man should be. And so I, I wanted to talk to you about the making of a man of God. I wanted, to, I wanted to help you. But the Holy Ghost will not let me leave this mind trap. And I've struggled against it last night, talked again this morning. And so um, while there was so much that I wanted to say, can we just follow the Holy Ghost for another 15 minutes? Will you not judge me harshly if I put away all the Pentecostal, you know? Okay. Daniel chapter 7, verse number 2. Stand, stand and read it, man, with some feeling. Help me articulate. Daniel spake and said, yeah. I saw in my vision by night. So God looks at Daniel and says, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the end time. I'm going to show you four nations. I'm going to show you four kingdoms. I'm going to put into your understanding my church. Right? Now, I'm not going to get into um, the head, the chest, the thighs, the feet. We know them. We understand them. I'm not a, I'm not a prophecy preacher. Um, some of you are probably profound at it. I just know this. Here's my, here's my prophecy sermon. When I come back, whether you're with me or not, when I come back with Jesus, we're on a horse. <laughs> yes, sir. Thus, my instruction prophetically to you, buy a horse, learn how to ride, Prophecy 101, you are graduated. That's deep stuff right there. So I I have a horse. I ride because I want to be ready in the rapture. That's it. I don't know about the seven vials or the seven trumpets or the seven spirits. I don't know about all that stuff. Uh, You know, I try. I I dig. All I know is this. If I'm his wife and he beats on me, we got a problem. Hmm. I'm supposed to love my wife as he loves. So he whipped the snot out of me. I'm going to go home and whip the snot out of mine. Is that just too simple? That's, that, that's how simple it is to me. Now, if, if God's got a different plan, whatever he decides. We used to sing the old song, I want, I want to be in that number, oh Lord, I want to be in that number. Well, I, I'm going to be. I don't just want to be. I'm going to be. I, whether he gets me before, halfway through, or after it kind of becomes irrelevant. It takes the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. Yes, sir. So there it is. But I do know, I do know that he uses typology. I do know he uses types and shadows. And this is the spirits of the end time. Read now. And behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. And the four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Now. For the next few verses, we want to be very precise. Every word will matter. The first. The what? The first. The first. Was like a lion. Was what? Like. Was like. A lion. A lion. And had eagle's wings. And had eagle's wings. And it describes it. Right? I'll save us some time here today because I said 15 minutes. I'm going to try to get you there. If you go to the second beast, it was like a leper. All right? And you go to the third beast, it was like a. Um, Brother Churchill, if, 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 I, if I said, hey, Elder, in the morning, let's go kill a grizzly. You know what that would tell you? It would tell you what clothes to wear, where to go, what time to go, what rifle, what grain of bullet. You just know, when you hunt bear, you hunt them this way. You don't hunt rabbits like you hunt bear. Talk to me. Talk to me. Am I right? Is that good good theology? And so when the Lord looked at Daniel, he said, Here's the key word. You tell my church that the four spirits are going to be like this. Teaching us that you can name, you can hunt, you can win. Let's go rabbit hunting. I'm gonna take my shotgun. And if we're hunting swamp rabbit, we're hunting jack rabbit to kill him or cotton tails, it tells me what size of shot I'm gonna need. Do I need low breast, high breasts? Do I need fours, five, six, seven and a half, eights? What, what do I need? That's, that's why the Lord looked at Daniel and said, Tell the church that the first spirit that comes against them it will be like a. Now it's not that. But if you can think like this, you can overcome him. Because you can learn his watering habits. Right. See, you're not just going to walk out there and shoot a bear. You're going to have to know where he hibernates or where he beds down or where he's, you can tell I don't hunt bear, right? Okay. You, 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 what, where, what he eats and where he eats it becomes important. And if you know those things, you can set your blind up. You can be at the right spot at the right time. And you can take him out because, number one, you identify him. And in the identification of him, you know his strengths and you understand his weaknesses. Go to, go to um, the sixth, I'm sorry, the seventh verse. Now, I skipped a lot. I skipped the other two beasts because it's the same principle. After this, After this I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast. Dreadful and terrible. What was it? Beast four. He's number four. You know what he is? He's the last. And he's the final. There will never be another. Nothing else has permission to come against the apostolic church. This is it. Nothing else can come against us. It's over. It's final. But let me tell you, apostolic man, look up here at me right now. I've never said anything more serious to you. This guy, he's not like the others. Every pulpit I preach in, I ask the pastor if he is my senior. If you had it to do over again, would you do it? Nine out of ten says, probably not. Because I feel unequipped to pastor in this hour. There's just something about the people today that I never, ever had to worry with back when. If I would ask Brother Churchill, in, being 70 years of age and pastoring as long as he had, we would ask him, Brother Churchill, the pastoring that you did 30 years ago, is it the same that you do today? What is it? It's the fourth. Brother, we're we're dealing with people that, that they don't just cross pollinate, they change gender. And they marry and come into the church and to try to figure out how to unwind that. This thing, this thing that we're fighting now, is it, it, I hope this is okay. This thing that we're fighting now, I can look at the generation that is under me. I can look them right in their eyes and I can say, this is what the word of God says. I took four consecutive Wednesday nights and taught about the outward adornment of the man and the woman. And when I concluded it, I thought, this church is going to be awesome because I have just injected knowledge to them. And the ladies that I talked to, the young ladies, I handed out. I handed out packets of information. I copied my notes. I gave it to them. And they stood up. And they rejoiced with me. And they slapped me on my back. And they said, you are awesome, man of God. You are the greatest shepherd in all the world. And the next service. Because this generation can hear it. And look at you and say, powerful. But it findeth no logic. How do you pastor people that won't allow the seed of the word of God to be imparted to them and them have the understanding that I have got to hold on to this? Because they've got their hands full of much other stuff. You think this world is concerned? Do you think, I'm not down on them. I'm just trying to get you to understand them. You think, you think this generation coming up under us gives a flip about us when we're preaching? We lost our mind if we think they listen to us. Oh, they may run. They may juke and jive. But because we're not an animated object, because we're not on a screen, because we don't have smoke and mirrors and stuff moving and mesmerize them, because we can't be three or four things at one time, they don't have the ability to focus on us. I walked out a few years ago, a couple of years ago, my youngest boy, um, is he here? There you are. He was at the table doing some homework, and he had an iPad going, and he had his iPhone going, and he was doing homework. I walked over to him, and I said, Excuse me, turn that mess off. You can't focus. And I made him turn it off, and he became. My wife said, Honey, I know you don't believe this, but he really can multitask. That's how they are. This, j- So here we are. We're just We're just a. We're just a chunky white guy. I guess if I had a lapel mic and puppets on both hands, I-, I might could preach to them and then listen to me. That's the only thing I can think of. Or, or have my wife over here and one of my boys over here. We all preach at the same time and dress up in funny costumes. Because it seems that's the only way we're going to get our children or our young couples to listen to us. Because the Bible says, touch not the unclean thing. Don't contaminate yourself with this present world. But all I see is contamination. Just listen. I'm not not being negative. This is our struggle. To articulate what is the will of God. The spirit of God. Into a mind. That has become so formed. Become so convoluted. With what is anti-God. If we've ever needed the spirit if we've ever needed old-fashioned Holy Ghost move of His presence, we need it more now than they needed it in the 70s. If somehow our children are not exposed to the holy fire, the altar, that, that brazen altar, that water, that labor, if they are not exposed to it, if, they, if it doesn't blow their mind soon and very soon, we're in trouble. So the fourth guy, read to me about the fourth guy. And I saw in the night, the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. Now, if I'm understanding this, when I make this next statement, I am theologically sound. Rev, you nor I have ever fought a spirit like this one. So, how can we fight a completely different spirit the same way we fought the lion, the leopard, the bear? We can no longer have church as usual. Come on. We no longer can just be programmed. We're actually going to have to get back on our faces. Yes, sir. We're actually going to have to get to pre service church prayer. Come on. We are going to have to find altars and prayer rooms on a daily basis that move us into the divine glory of God. And He reveals to us what is His intent and what is His will. Coming to church and having church like we had it 10 years ago or five years ago, we will not win this battle, brother, because this guy is not like the rest. If we don't get back on our faces and fall back in love. I mean absolutely 100% consumed with the spirit of the almighty God. We, we, we're just not going to do this. God is intending on me to beat this thing. God put me in the last and final. God, Come on preacher. God put us here on purpose. We are not weak. We are not in trouble. God always has a plan. My God. Verse 11. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain Mm. and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Twelve. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged. I understand this correctly, man of God. The fourth beast is completely slain. Though unnameable and though unknowable, though have never fought before, the last and greatest imp of hell that thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He attacks the church. He wears us out. He exhausts us. He tries to convince us we're fighting a losing battle. He dies. But the three previous, they don't die yet. They have their dominion taken away. Because my text at the end of the chapter says, Dominion's pearl. So God says, I'm going to take the first, the second, the third. I'm going to take all their dominion and hold it for a moment. I'm going to hold it for a time. Because there's going to be a moment when that fourth beast is slain. Right. Right. All right. All right. I know. I know. Here we go. 13. I saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man. Okay, now you want to open your Bibles now because we're going to go to class. And I saw in the night vision, there was a man, looked like the son of man. You you get that? Uh, This guy is fleshly. This guy has a bodily form. There's something touchable and knowable about this guy. Oh, come on, folks. Don't make me preach it all to you. You know who this is. Daniel says, I saw something. I've never seen it before, but i got a glimpse of somebody, of something. I kind of recognize. Remember, he's looking into our future. He said, I recognize it's, it's the son of man. Right. <sighs> read what he does. Came with the clouds of heaven. He came with the clouds of heaven. And came to the ancient of days. And he came to the ancient of days. And they brought him near before him. They brought, read. And there was given him dominion. And there was given him. I need uh-huh. Jesus again. Come here, Jesus. You'll do it. Come here, Jesus. You know, don't fall because if you fall, you, know, you might get hurt. But stand up there, Jesus. Jesus shows up. He just steps on the clouds. He rides. He surfs the wind is what the Bible says. <laughs> yes. So he surfs in on his big spiritual surfboard. <laughs> Calamity and crisis is overcoming the world and the church, and God shows up right on time. And he says, I'm here. Come on, be here. Be big. Be in charge. Read. There was given him dominion. And all the dominion was given to him. God just showed up. He didn't fight nothing. Well, that went over like a flock of turtles. (laughs) Come on. And there was given him dominion. He just shows up and the devil says, Woo! Kind of like what happened when God went to hell, right? There was no fight. He just showed up and never says, Where's my keys? Hurry, keys, 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 hurry. He shows up. All dominions given. Boom! He's got it. Read, and glory, and glory, and a kingdom, and what? And a kingdom, a kingdom, a kingdom, yes, sir. A kingdom. Read that all people, all people, nations, nations, and languages should serve him. Read, his dominion is an everlasting dominion. Which shall not his dominion is Maybe I need a puppet today. Uh-uh. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. right? God's not in trouble. The head of the church is still the head of the church. He's not sweating, He's not fretting. He's smiling. He's saying, chill. Yeah. I got you. I got this. Read. It was given to him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Yeah, everlasting. Which shall not pass away. It'll never pass away. Heaven and earth might pass away. Not. Right. His dominion shall not. All right, read. And his kingdom. And his kingdom. That which shall not be destroyed. No wonder they old. The old dude could walk up there to Matthew 16 and say, and upon this rock I'll build something and hell will not. Because he knew he was pre-existent. He knew he was foreordained. He knew it was already over. He just had to show up and smile and make it look good. Read on. We're going to be mighty men we leave here this morning. Read on. I, Daniel, was grieved. I, Daniel, I was grieved. grieved. In my spirit. What's going on? Read. quick. In hurry. the midst of my body yeah. and the visions of my head troubled yeah. me. Yeah. I came near unto one of them that stood uh-huh. by and asked him the truth of He's all 17. This. These great beasts. These great beasts, which are four. 14 Four, are kings. four, four nations. nations. They'll rise out of the earth. 18. But the saints of the most high God shall take the kingdom I'm of the saints. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 Come Yeah. Whoa. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who? So we're not powerless, right? So we do have divine destiny upon us. Woo! So although we pastor in a remote part of the world, we really are not insignificant. Come on, come on, Alaska. Come on, come on men of God. He said, I took something, but my whole purpose was for you to get it. Right. I feel so much Holy Ghost on me. I want to run, jump, cry, scream, holler. Okay. I'm going to take a deep breath and try to get through this. Read again. Start that verse again. But the saints, but the saints, saints of, the Most High of the Most High shall take the kingdom. Here, here's, here's the issue. Here's the issue. He's not going to walk over like some passive no, sir. panty waste and say, I want to give you this glory. I want to bless you with all this power and dominion. He says, He says, I took this from them. And I intend on you getting it. And here we go busting UPC theology. But I'm not giving you this. You're going to have to bind and loose in order for me to bind and loose. Right? Right? Matthew 16, we talked about it Friday night, Thursday, whatever night it was. Remember? After Peter knew who he was, he got the keys of the kingdom. He said, "Whatsoever thou shalt bind, uh, God's waiting on us. We're not waiting on God. Right. Right. He's got all power. He's got all dominion. He's got all authority. He's got it all." And he said, "And the saints are the Most High, we come into church. We have our prayer meetings, and we sit like a bunch of beggars. Uh, come on! I'm looking for power. I'm come looking on. for men to man up. Right. Yes. We are not some weak, anemic." Powerless manhood. Right. Right. But until we get manned up. To the point where we walk into the eternal presence of God. And say you got something for me. And I've not come just to plead for it. But I've come to take it. Because that's what you taught me to do. Take. Ever since the days of John the Baptist. The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent. And the violent. Ask for it. No. The violent. Plead for it. No. The violent. Take it. You ought to shout take right now. You ought to shout take. You got to get a taking spirit. If you'll go back to your local assembly tomorrow morning and when you get out of your car, come in with your taking boots on. Put your taking suit on. Walk into your church and say, Man of God, I've come today to help you take something. Come here, drummer, Why don't you should take that from me. Stay there, God. Don't, don't leave me. Son, That's how you take, take something. Oh, right. He's not just gonna let go because you reach for it. Right. Ever since the days of John the Baptist, give me something, but if But the not take it by force. Man up. Man up. Man, up. Man, up. Yeah. Man you'll hide up. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Uh, come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Uh, Hallelujah. Read on. <laughs> I could get in trouble there. Huh? So start over 18. Yeah, yeah, no, just read on. And possess the kingdom, forever, possess the kingdom forever. Even forever and, and ever. Sometimes you have to possess what's provided, just because it's provided don't mean it's yours. Wow. Yeah, God's got it all for you. Yeah, God's got everything for the church. That doesn't mean the church is going to get it. Until you have a possessing spirit where you walk in and say, this is mine. Watch me. Is is this okay? My God, have mercy. My my head gets so, so crazy when I get in this vein. When Israel walked into Canaan, he said, you shall utterly drive them out. Watch me. He said, in order for you to possess, you have to dispossess. Before you ever possess the provided, you've got to get a spirit of dispossession. You've got to look at that that's living in your house and have enough authority to drive it out. Watch me. Because when they finally got in Canaan, the Holy Ghost says, and the Spirit moved from before them and over them. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost said, I brought you out, I brought you through, and here's our misconception, and I brought you into, it didn't say into, it says unto. God says, I'm not going to bring you into the land of promise. I'll bring you unto the land of promise. And if you don't have enough faith in me from the journey and from your deliverance, to believe that when you are, how do I, how, how do I break the spirit of my city? Dispossess it. Take right. it. On, take Watch it. me. He said, Because if you don't dispossess it, you will live a stranger in your old land. And your eyes will have pricks in them. And your spirit will be vexed. You know what the word vexed means? In bondage to another. He said, Go ahead. Go ahead. After all I've done for you, prove to you, look at your shoes. They've been on your foot for 40 years you got to get that 40 years. Your clothes have never wore out. I fed you manna from heaven. You never worked a day in your life. I gave you everything. And if that's not enough convincing for you, the water from the rock. When you get to that moment, you ought to have enough belief in yourself that because I chose you, I know that didn't go over real good, but it, it, it is the doctrine of Scripture. That's right. He said, you're going to have to kick that thing out of your house. If you think you're going to be passive and walk in and say, you mind leaving? It doesn't want to leave either. But that's your house now. Yeah. Read. Stay there, the Lord. We'll get to you in a minute. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast. So here's for the, the whole beast. thing. Now I'm going to get revelation of this whole thing. Which was diverse from all the others. What verse are you in? 19. Go 21. I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints. Made war with who? The saints. And prevailed against them. Go ahead. Until the ancient of days. Go ahead. Act like you have church like you used to have church. The lion, the leopard, the bear never prevailed. But this fourth guy it prevailed. Mm. Now, isn't that a different look at the church? So why did it prevail? Because you're used to fighting things you can name. You're used to being able to call a fast and say, we are battling the spirit of carnality. Hollywood has invaded our church, and we're going to fast it out. And you did it, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, works of the flesh. You can name those yeah. dudes. And preach and teach and love and direct it out. But because you cannot explain to the people who sit across your desk. Or because you can't explain to the shepherd across his desk what you are feeling. How do I articulate a spirit that says quit, give up, stop. But that's really not what it's saying. I can't explain what it says because I have no words to tell you what I feel. Go ahead, let your mask stay where it is. You're a hypocrite behind it, though. You would have already went to your shepherd and explained to him what you felt, but you don't know how to tell him what you felt. You would have already told your wife what you feel, but you can't explain it. And so now you find yourself driving. I feel so prophetic right now. You find yourself driving around your neighborhood saying, What's going on? I've never been here. And adultery and fornication and the sins and the works of the flesh will start entering your mind. But you know that's not what you're battling. That's the tool you're wanting to use to try to explain what you're feeling. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If we, don't, if we don't understand it quick, this thing's going to continue to prevail, but it may prevail for a while, it may prevail for a season, but you hear me, it will not prevail forever. Because there will be in the Alaska Yukon district men of God who rise out of that funk and out of that fog and say, now I understand what I am going through. Read on, man of God. Until the ancient of days came. Oh, he shows up again. So he prevails until he shows back up. If you think we can continue to have church without God, come on. Oh, well, we don't have church without God. Yes, we do. Yes, Yes, we do. Yes, we do. When you start service the same way every time. And you are so predictable that even the visitor knows when you start and finish. I know, lost friends there too. sir. It's predictable. You have church without him. It's easy to do. You have everything you need except him. That's what Israel did when they lost the ark. They didn't stop having church. They just learned to have it without him. They still made sacrifices. They they still brought blood offerings. They still went through the ritual. But there was no ark. So there was no glory. But that didn't stop God's people. We just learned to have church without him. Because we can fool people. I'm going to make a statement. I hope I don't offend you. Until fire falls, you've not had church. Come on. Fire can't fall if there's no sacrifice. Mm. And it may take a few trips around the old sanctuary like we used to do. Mm. I know this is old-fashioned. but It worked. Mm. What are you doing? We're just marching till the walls fall. All right. yeah. yeah, I know it's carnal. I know it's fleshly, but I'm going to tell you, we want God to know we're going to put some sacrifice on this altar because mm. God always responds to sacrifice. Right. Mm. Men of God saints of the most high great men of the holy ghost if you do not if you do not allow your pastor to demand sacrifice out of you you will never be consumed with the glory Amen. you ought to thank god if your pastor puts mandates on you and pressure on you and it requires things of you you ought to be so thankful that he won't let you stay where you were last year right in the ancient days came and judgment was given to the saints of the most high and if you followed me you read to me that the judgment was given to him and the judgment did sit and later when the fourth beast is being annihilated judgment is now transferred from the presence of the almighty into the hands of his bride because you see everything I own my wife owns come on it's funny for the church hill, I don't mean this bad, but my wife didn't get up punch clock, right? But she has the exact dollar amount that I have. Yeah. Yeah. She don't yeah. preach, yeah. Come on. but somehow she has equality. All right. Right. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Come on, so <laughs> go ahead. And the time came. Uh, what, what? Whoa! What? And the time came. That the saints possessed the kingdom. Possessed the kingdom. Okay, 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast Mm -hmm. shall be the fourth kingdom upon Mm -hmm. earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. And shall tread it down and break it in pieces. You go ahead and play with this dude. You go ahead and act like he doesn't exist. He'll take your kids. He'll take your saints' kids. He'll take your wife. He'll take your health. He'll take your mind. He'll trash you. He won't just hurt you. He'll stomp you. He will stomp on you until there's nothing left but residue. He'll take the residue and devour it. Where the lion will just eat you and leave you for later. This guy, he'll leave nothing. That's why when people in our churches freak out now, it's at a whole new level to freak out. When they walk out of our churches now, it's almost like there's absolutely no coming back for them. That's why when men sin now, they sin in such levels, it's unthinkable the things that men can do now. You got quiet. Pornography is one of the greatest tools of the enemy. Pornography is raping the church. Let me tell you why. Because our young men have technology. And we're not teaching against it. We're afraid to say sex and orgasms. We're afraid to teach against masturbation. We're afraid to discipline our bodies. You got quite there. I know. I know. I get it. Come on. gets uncomfortable when you start saying those things. But if somebody doesn't say it, we're going to turn a generation loose. And they have no control over their mind, their spirits, or their bodies. Right, right. And if we don't start telling them that every time they click on that, there's a a highway that's paved in their mind. That those nerve endings become desensitized. So that the next time they click, they need more. Read about it. We have counselors here. Am I telling the truth, brother? It it becomes a highway paved and they become desensitized. So every time you go there, brother, you need more. And then you go home to your wife or you wait till you get your girlfriend who will become your wife. And you mandate of her what you've seen and it's impossible because it's not a reality. Right. It's because your mind has become a drug. Right. 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 You hear me? Go ahead and act like I'm not preaching truth here today. That's act right. like I'm off in left field somewhere. And the fourth beast will wreak havoc. I hope you can understand that I did not come to play this week. My play days with church is over. There needs to be trumpets blown. Hammers beat. There needs to be the sound of Zion. Somebody needs to cry aloud. Somebody's got to wake the church up. Somebody's got to say, let's arise. Let's arise. 20... uh, And he shall speak great words against the Most High. Here we go. He'll speak great words against the Most High. And shall wear out the saints. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I just. um, He shall speak great words against the Most High. Have you ever pastored people who have more questions about the written word of God? Well, pastor, do you think that's really what that meant? I mean, I know the Bible says that, you know, if a man or if a woman. I mean, do you really think that's. It's the same spirit of Lucifer. Whoa, 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 question mark. You're not removing the text. You're just putting a question mark at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. An explanation point, right, is... Is that right? Yeah. So here's what we do. Nothing before changes, but it's the bending of that that changes the... And that spirit comes along in our homes. You men, things that you used to wouldn't do, you starting to do because you question. That's the spirit of the age. And it's the fourth beast. He questions the words of the Most High. He causes God's church to question what was already written. We've lost our faith in prophets because we don't even believe in the sovereign word of God. Where are the prophets among us? Where are men that can perceive your spirit? Where's the discerning of spirits? How come we can't walk among this congregation today and say, you are full of filth? Pray through. You're struggling with this. God's got an answer for you. Where is that? Thank you for letting me come. Finish for me. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Shall what? Wear out. You know what that means? It means they shall attack the mind of the church. That's what that means. The mind of the church is going to be wore out. You know where your greatest battle is? It's not in your flesh. It's in your mind. That's the lion. The greatest battle now is your mind. When you sit in church and you want to love your pastor, but you start questioning cars that he drives, houses he lives in, things that he buys, places he goes, and you've never fought that. You've always you've always loved your shepherd. You've always not questioned. But now you sit there and you start questioning. You're like. then you go home and you accidentally open it up to your wife and she becomes contaminated by that spirit. and She starts questioning. And before long, you're around the kitchen. I'm in the Holy Ghost now I'm prophesying to somebody. I'm reading somebody right now. And then you start talking in front of your kids and then you wonder why your kids don't want to go to youth service and they don't want to go to the altars anymore because they have no confidence in their man. You have so removed him from your wall. He no longer exists. Therefore, there is no cry, watchman, watchman, what of the night? Because you don't have a watchman. sorry, but I cannot let the church that I love and I cannot let the body I'm part of become so desensitized, not as long as I have a voice. I don't have all the answers, but I'm telling you, God will speak to the church if we'll put our ears to his mouth. Finish. And think to change times and laws. Think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand. He'll have um, been given under his hand. Until a time and times and the dividing of time. <laughs> he prevails until. He wins until. But in the knowledge of God, he has set a time where something is transferred. Something is given. And then it's over. And then that prevailing spirit of the end time meets its foe. It's demise. What is it that defeats the fourth and final? Read, man of God. But the judgment shall sit. But the judgment that he took and he gave the church, it shall sit. In other words, it shall not change. Right. Right. It shall rest. Read on. And they shall take away his dominion. Oh, oh wait a minute. You, you, you mean he'll take away their dominion. They, oh, the saints. See, when you know you're walking in law, you have no fear. When you know you are enforced by law, you know you are protected by law, you have no fear. And so now the church has power to walk into this fourth and final domain and say, it's over. The spirit that you have attacked me and my wife with, my family with, my church with, it's, it's, let me, let me read on. You'll understand it next. Finish me out. To consume and to destroy over, it. That last verse. But the judgment shall sit. But the judgment shall sit. God. And they shall take away his dominion. And they, and they, and they, they, they shall take away, Hallelujah. shall take away. His dominion, dominion, to consume it, to consume it, and to destroy it. And so let me ask you a question. When will the United Pentecostal Church or the Apostolic Church have end-time revival? Not when sinners come. When us, when we, when you and I, when we get bold enough, strong enough, To take his dominion away. I know. Stretching you. But when you want revival, you can have revival. Right. When you want the spirit out of your house, you can get that spirit out of your house. But you have to take it. Read on. And to destroy it unto the end. Unto the end. Is that the last verse? Two more. Go on. And the kingdom and dominion. And the kingdom. And dominion. And the greatness of the kingdom. And the greatness of the kingdom. Under the whole heaven. Under the whole heaven. Shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. the I don't want you. To and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Whose kingdom is, an kingdom, kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And all dominions shall serve and obey him. I am, I am in a season of my life, ministry, where everything that I have been taught as a child, I preached my first sermon at 13, preached my first revival at 15, left home full time at 17, I'm 46. I've been doing this a long time, and I have been so instructed by great-grandparents to grandparents to my parents to me now to my children, and so it's hard for me to break out of my paradigm. I mean, if you want old-school Pentecost, you're looking at him. I hate the new songs. I, I, it's not right. I mean, it's not good or bad. It's just I'm just trying to tell you, I'm, Brother Churchill, oh, I could have drunk from that cup. Until you got tired of pouring water in that cup. I mean, I, I just I just like that stuff. I don't like I don't like we bow down. I don't like you are holy, although he is. I, you know, I just I'm just like okay, cool. Yeah. Sing it, it's yours. You can have it. You own it though. Yeah. I I am I am I was born and raised in this. I mean I, I But I'm also understanding just because it's always the way we've done it doesn't mean the way you do it now. Young boy married his sweetheart. First week of marriage she cooked him a roast. She was so happy about the roast. It was so good. She set it down in front of him and he looked at it and both ends of the roast were cut off. He said, honey, why did why, you cut the roast off like that? She said, because, he said, oh, it's, it's in, you didn't even cook. I mean, she said, because that's the way my mama did it. You know, those are the things you don't touch. <laughs> yeah. Listen, young men, don't touch those things. Nod yes. Act like you agree and understand. So a few days later, they went to mother-in-law's house, and sure enough, mother-in-law cooks roast, and it's set in front of him, and he gets ready to dig in, and lo and behold, both ends of the roast are cut off. And he said, Mother-in-law, can I ask you a question? Yes, yes. Why did you cut both ends of the roast off? Because. Because why? Because that's the way my mama did it. I'm sure you're at the end of the story. He went to grandma-in-law's house. And the same thing, the roast comes out. And he says, okay, you know what? Enough's enough. Why did you cut? Why are you cutting the ends of the roast off? She said, because my oven's not big enough. I'm afraid we're cutting ends of roast off today. There's no need for it. I'm not talking about doctrines. That, that's, that's irrefutable. That's undeniable. That's concrete. I'm not talking about doctrines. I'm just talking about us as Pentecostal people. Maybe, maybe, maybe it would be a, and this is my struggle. How do I morph into this dominant, authoritative, dominion-taking, devil-kicking, Intercessor. Because all I want to be is a good preacher. And I'm finding out that my ability to preach becomes so irrelevant. Matter of fact, it does more harm to the church. Because it's not fighting the fourth and final. And we're not taking the kingdom. And we're letting that spirit prevail. And I just want to say this to you. Men of God, you are chosen. You truly are the mightiest of the mighty. Because no, we don't have our babies taken and fed to lions. And no, we're not imprisoned. And no, they're not cutting our heads off. But it doesn't mean the pressure and the devils that we're fighting now are not equally as great or even greater. Because now we fight questions in the mind. and You don't know how to pray. That's why you're a little... Dear, caught in the headlight, look right now, what do you do in this dominion? How do, you, how do you take the next step today? See, if I said, let's come pray for brotherhood, you'd know how to pray. But if I say right now, let's pray that we take dominion, how would you start? How do you explain the battle that's going on here when you can't even tell the closest thing that you love, what you're feeling? Well, I've got good news. He already took it all. And he owns it. And he will give you understanding. And he will give you abilities. But you're gonna have to get close enough to him to allow him to give you, and you take what he's offering you. And you're gonna have to quit having church and start having divine moves of the Holy Ghost and spend time. Come on, clap your hands, lift your voice. Thank you for the honor and the privilege of being a small part. There'll be food, but it can wait. Let's let's finish this service off right. Let's 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 step into that realm the preacher's been talking about the last couple nights, last couple days. You don't know how to get there? I invite you to come up to this front. Let's pray together. Let's men, let's let's do this. Our communities need it. Our families depend upon it. I want you to keep praying but in the name of Jesus there's going to be a moment here of reprieve. You hear me? There's going to be a spiritual reprieve here for a moment. God's going to allow you to take a deep breath get a cold drink of water and this unrelenting thing that we fight as brothers is going to be lifted off of us for a moment and God is going to renew you and God is going to refresh you. I want you to lift your hands I want you to lift your voices. Father, in the name of Jesus, release. Release that fresh of breath air. Release it, Holy Ghost. Release. la Come on, brother. It's okay to be honest today. Come on. That's it. Out of your belly, let it flow. Out of your belly, let it flow. Come on, men. You're in the Holy Ghost right now. You're in the Holy Ghost right now. You're in a safe place right now. You don't have anything to fear. Let your guard down, sir. Let your guard down a moment, brother. Come on, you're safe. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, man, don't stop. You need to drink long. You need fresh. It's safe. It's okay. Nothing can get you here and now. Gonna have a special altar call here today. I know I've already relinquished the pulpit, but we're gonna have a special altar call. It's it's gonna be for men only. You got to be a man. So if you'll do me a favor, not that y'all not men, but if you'll just open this area right up. This is this is this is a man altar call. If you're here, if you're here, and today got you. You you would have to know what I'm talking about. You're done, and, and and you're mad enough to admit it. And the prevailing of this spirit that's been your trick you don't understand how God could be so powerful and yet this thing prevail. But now you know it's just for a season until you take dominion. And now you know when you go home from this conference you're going to say, "I'm a man. I get it. I, I get. I, Pastor, I get it now. I, I, I'm asking the men." That will, that will acknowledge this with me. And would you just join me? If you don't feel it, it, I understand it may not be for everybody. I'm Sincerely, I know that. But if you're here and you feel what I'm talking, I just want you to come. We're going to pray together now. I want you to reach over and I want you to pray with somebody. We're, we're going to join. We are, we are never more stronger than what you're at right now. Okay, fellas. Okay, this is your reprieve. This is your moment. This is your moment He can't touch you right now Your mind's going to be You're safe 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 That's it man of God That's it man of God Be renewed in the Holy Ghost I'm glad to know it's not just me. I am so thankful to know that it's not just me, but it is the prevailing spirit of the end time. It's your moment. It's your moment. Drink as long, drink as deep as you want. Brother, you're going to make it. Brother, you're the hope of the church. Just because your mind is where it is today doesn't mean you're any less relevant. Rather, because the enemy has fought you so hard, that's the proof. You're the man. And you have manned up.